Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin. I'm known as the Mental MacGyver. I provide luxury level, high performance support and coaching to executives, founders, celebrities, and athletes. With me today, I have Jim Tam. He is a principal client director with Corn Ferry's Digital Group, where he advises organizations on how to improve their sales effectiveness through using world-class sales methodology and technology. I have Rick Alcantara. He does public relations, digital marketing, and crisis communication at Rick Alcantara Consulting. And I have Todd Cargus. He has a background in project management and building agile development mindsets. He is a transformation and change management practitioner and a leadership development coach. The question today, how do you deal with conflict that involves multiple people? Todd, kick us off. Ooh, so this is a tough one, isn't it? Uh, maybe what I'll do is I'll start with a bit of a story because uh, I've got a little bit of an experience. There was some intra-team conflict in a scrum team mm -hmm. that we'd started off. And, and that's not uncommon. The Tuckman model tells us that teams go through forming, storming, norming, and performing. And in the storming place, you have to expect that there's some conflict. And it's a really interesting place to be um, because I think that as a facilitator in a situation like that, the opportunity is to really lean into that conflict with curiosity. Rather than with an intent to resolve immediately, that's really important in a situation like that is everyone needs to be heard, like mm -hmm. heard and held and feel safe within the context of whatever situation you're creating to get to conflict resolution. I think the trick is to guide it so that it becomes creative and not destructive. Mm. I think that's I think a great perspective, Todd. I think uh, where I come from, it depends on, it depends on my role within mm -hmm. that group. If I am the manager and the leader and I'm asked to you know, eventually be the person to be the judge and jury of the conflict, then I guess I'd try to have an opinion. But mm -hmm. if we're all equal peers, and maybe I think your approach where, where everybody uh, voices their opinion and eventually it comes to you know, some sort of general consensus, I think that makes, mm -hmm. uh, that makes a lot of sense. But also you got to have a lot, a lot of time in order for yes. that to happen. You got to be able to steer that conversation so that eventually there is an end result. But, uh, I, I think of myself almost like if you're a battalion manager, the bat battalion leader in the charge of hill and guys aren't cooperating at some point, you just got to say, guys, fall in line. Yeah, I've uh, seen this from a sports perspective. I uh, coached sports for like 24 years and uh, you get uh, folks who are like, oh, you're not pulling your weight. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. And then, you know, it starts creating teams or sides and people start aligning with this guy or that guy. And uh, the best thing I found was just kind of, Ask everybody to calm down, talk to the whole group, and then pull individuals aside and just talk to them and say, hey, guys, remember, we got to be focused on this. We're, we're a team. It's not a bunch of individuals. We're not going to win any games if it's just you being out there doing your own thing. you got to involve everybody else. Agreed. I think part of it, too, depends upon whether you're talking about task conflict or personal conflict. Because I think those are really different things. If it's task conflict, then it's pretty easy to come together and kind of figure out, all right, who's doing what role? Where are the lines? Whose toes are being stepped on? What's happening? And you can have kind of a non-emotional, it's about the work, let's figure it out kind of conversation. But more often than not, in my experience, maybe you guys have a different experience, conflict is personal. It has nothing to do with the work that's getting done. It's about the opinions with the people. And when I work with sports teams, a lot of times it's personal conflict that's the problem. And I'll come in and to your point, Todd, curiously say like, what's going on? When I work with, college teams, obviously the, the team's roles, 
I worked with a team once that was still fighting about something that had happened five years ago. And none of the players that were on the team were actually there when the thing had happened, <laughs> but they had all picked sides. Like Rick, you've seen it. They all pick sides. And I'm like, you're fighting about something that no longer exists. So I had one team where I had a, a two brothers on the team and uh, the younger brother uh, just kind of thought he was the be all end all for sports. He thought he was an all-star. He thought he'd be playing in the Bundesliga by next year. And he's 14 years old. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. And he would show up late for practice. He showed up for one game, like five minutes before the game with food in both hands. And I'm like, you know, we got a game to start here. I tried to talk to him. That didn't work. So finally I pulled his brother aside. I said, you got to get your brother in, in line. <laughs> and he basically mm. just chewed him out and never had a problem with him after that. <laughs> I do agree with you, Dr. Robin. It's tough not to take conflict personally, right? I mean, I always subscribe to the notion that the difference between an argument and a discussion is uh, a discussion is about what's right. An argument is about who's right. And if you can kind of remove yourself from the equation of saying that's what's right for the team, I think that's where maybe the mediator, to Todd's point, kind of, kind of comes into play. Mm -hmm. Becky goes at the door and just get to the end result. Yeah. I love the example that you gave, um, Robin, the conflict that stayed around five years later, even after it was long gone, because I think when we try to get to, oh, let's just go on with it, or let's get to resolution too quickly, there's residue that exists and can continue on. So I agree, you know, having the time to play a long game and you know, hear everyone out and all that sort of stuff, it seems like an investment at the beginning because you don't get to the resolution as quickly, but the resolution sticks better. People actually feel like that their opinion, their topic, their, their perspective has, has value within the context of the conflict. I find that conflict often results in clicks where you end up with in the in-group and the out-group and who's allowed and who's not. And I feel like for a lot of times for me, I always end up on the outside of these clicks. And I'm not sure why, like, what does it say about me personally that I was always on the outside of clicks? But mm -hmm. If you find yourself in a team that has conflict and has clicks, what do you do? I've got an opinion on this topic. It's not, it's, I, I mean, I can't, listen, I don't have any experience with sports teams, so I can't comment on that. So I don't know how this works with that, but within the context of business teams or scrum teams, agile teams, one of the things that we do at the beginning is create a team agreement which is essentially the entire team designs an alliance. How are we going to be together? What are the rules of operation? And it's not, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to create it together. So when conflict arises, the first thing we can do is we can say, all right, who is honoring and who is not honoring the team agreement? Is there something that we need to, to, to relook at? And it becomes a framework through which the conflict can be viewed. Um, so I found that to be really powerful and helpful. It also helps to break down sort of those mini intra-team alliances. Quote. That's proactive, which so many leaders are not. They wait until there's a major problem and then they're like, oh, what do we do now? And they have yes. no, what I call team communication yeah. fingerprint to fall back on. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, you were going to say something? Yeah, I can't help but think that you're absolutely right about the conflicts. People tend to pick the same side time and time again within that as the team continues, right? And I can't help think of a better example than the political parties that we have. Mm -hmm. You just follow oh. a person regardless of the issue. Mm -hmm. As opposed to thinking with your own with your own head and deciding your personal values, what's right or wrong. And I think Todd's example is a great one. You're dealing with mature adults, everybody thinking for themselves, and then and they operate within the rules. But I think now people tend to form cliques. And regardless what the issue is, I'm going to side with this person because mm -hmm. I need to have his back and her back. And that's mm -hmm. which is not exactly the right. And that's why you continue to have conflicts because mm -hmm. people stop thinking for themselves.
Yeah. You're right about the residual effect. I was part of an organization uh, where every two years or so they would have a new president and there was kind of like, it's, okay, it's your turn. You've been in the board, you've been doing this. And there was a, an outside person who wanted to kind of be in that role as well. So actually you had two folks vying for that position. It created very strong divisions within the organization, people siding with the a chosen one and, and the, the one who wanted to step in uh, to the point where it got really, really nasty. And finally, the, the one who was on the outside basically said, okay, I don't want to destroy the organization. I'll step away. But the, the hard feelings stayed there for years. Oh. Mm -hmm. oh. And that can and be it, so damaging, can it? Yeah. 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 And it, it, you said, Jim, you said adults who think. And I'm sometimes I wonder, like, is that a thing? Because often I've been in situations like you, you, Rick, where it's like, why are we this angry about something? I don't understand. Well, I think in the example with you know, the political agendas, it's not about the right and wrong. It's about the long game for these people. Mm. So this is why they don't think about the specific issues as opposed to what's the long-term place mm -hmm. where I'm going to be. And that's mm -hmm. another way to resolve the conflict that's here and now. Yeah. What, what's coming to me as you say that, Jim, is the difference possibly in conflict. Robin, you brought up two different topic, topics, right? Like the task conflict and uh, the personal conflict. And I wonder, Jim, if what you're describing is like a values misalignment conflict. Oh. Good one. Yeah. Mm. And I do think it all comes back to, you have to be curious. You have to ask people, hey, help me understand. But if you're in a situation where people are adamantly, I'm right and you're wrong, and there's no way to have a conversation with them, that conflict with multiple people involved is really hard to resolve because it just gets out of control really quickly. So that is our 10 minutes. I'm gonna cut us off there. Thank you for having this difficult conversation with me. And I look forward to speaking to each of you again very soon.